0: Pull out to the float You all ready? No doubt. It's Adamville for real. You see a just take photo. I'm rapping as I'm Yo, we we have been here for so long. We have we have literally been so religious when it comes to this recording of off the record. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that. If you are tuning in right now, that you are acting as though we have been gone for a minute. This is Off the Record. My name is Adan Bean, and um, that was a very tongue-in-cheek way of saying hello. (laughs) Happy to see you. We have been gone uh, since the Reagan administration. We are so happy to be here in front of each and every one of y'all. My name is Adan Bean. As I said, to my left is Dan Duncan. What's up, sir?
1: Man, uh, it feels weird. Normally it feels good. It just kind of feels (laughs) like... That like first time you do something after being off for so long, you
0: just true. Got a little you're a little rusty, true, a little rusty, but I have a lot to say tonight, I believe it, I believe it, I also have in the house my good homie. <laughs> Uh Mr. David Perdue, what up, sir?
2: Yeah, I just wanna say I don't feel rusty at all. I was here uh yesterday. Oh okay. Yeah cause okay. Uh, fourth and ten is regular. <laughs> oh are y'all? Are y'all really regular? Quite. Okay. Quite. So y'all- much so that we decided to take a break and people went crazy. <laughs> and so we had to hit the, we had to get I mean I feel I feel very very comfortable very comfortable
0: Understood, yeah. understood. Yeah,
2: no, I'm I'm happy, man. I'm happy we're the
0: crew is back. The crew is back, man. We're missing uh Yvette. She uh she wasn't able to make it uh out today. She's she's heading out uh I think tomorrow she said yeah. right mm-hmm. so uh safe travels and all that to her yes. um she will be missed but we will trudge along and um talk about everything under the sun that uh has caught our attention and eyes and what not but um but yeah I ain't seen y'all so much like I walked in the door and I was like hey Hey guys. Right. Hey we
1: <laughs> friends. Hey friends. <laughs> friends and family. You, people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: I felt like I was on the sick and shutting list, you know what I'm saying, uh, at church. Like I I just ain't nobody I ain't seen y'all in forever, man. But uh Dan, you've been you've been you've been on a world tour with Muhammad, my man, traveling all <laughs> over everywhere, man. Uh I've checked you out via IG and yeah. uh you and your you and your lovely lovely uh wife is uh lovely expecting wife that's
1: right that's right that was kind of the motive the the motivation of the the trip was you know we we do love to travel that is the promise we made uh to each other when we got married we're gonna travel internationally uh every year just because i think it does a lot um to get outside of the united states and see people living differently and but uh so we had one one last kind of big trip before our son is due to arrive Word. the first week of September so
0: And where and where did you all go cuz I I was trying to keep, you know, like Google Maps stalker you know, <laughs> tasks on you but it's pretty tough man It's I was just seeing a lot of a lot of countries.
1: Yeah, so we were in Amsterdam
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh and then we uh took a train to Paris and then flew to Barcelona Word. uh to kind of round out of the trip. My wife uh speaks fluent Spanish, lived in Spain. Uh, and so what? that was a little bit yeah she doesn't look it she looks very Nazi but, um but in very fact very Hitler youthish. Is yeah, what yeah, exactly. Blonde <laughs> hair, blue eyes. Like she would Didn't
2: have we just p- Aryan. Is that what <laughs> you're saying? She would have Aryan? passed. She would have passed
1: any test uh that Hitler had. I was for just us. saying
2: what because it's like the legend of Alison grows now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You took it I have somewhere yeah you took it, yeah, you took it away somewhere. I was saying like what? That's. And then there's another thing. That's crazy. <laughs> But no, that's
0: that's what's up. Y'all y'all are literally living like Lupe, Paris, Tokyo. I like- was saying the same thing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like just, I was like- <laughs> I was IG stalking both of y'all. I was like, yo, they are they having yeah. fun. That's dope. <laughs> what, What's
1: awesome? What's fun is that we both travel for work enough mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. it's actually cheaper for us to travel most often than it is to actually live at home. Wow. Um. Uh. And we just and we love traveling that way. We love being. Staying in places that are where locals are staying, engaging with people as we travel. We try to constantly meet people in coffee shops and as we sit, you know, Europe's awesome because you sit so close to people at dinner. Your tables are basically touching yeah. that mm-hmm. inevitably if you can speak the language, um, you can kind of engage with them about what they think about, you know, where they live, where we live and yeah, countless conversations come out of that and people's homes you're staying in. So it was really refreshing, and it always reminds you that there's so many things that we think we need in this country that you go without for 10 days, and and you're reminded, like, oh, these really are first-world issues.
0: Hmm. Uh, Such things as? Air conditioning. Air conditioning. Word. Yeah. I I
1: sweat more in my 73-degree house at night than I do when it was, like, 79— with a breeze blowing through the whole night. Wow,
2: this is interesting. I, I know a lot of black women would disagree with you. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. I, that hair of it. I think you, and I think you, you, you no, just get, get used it. to it. You,
1: and and honestly, it it's uh, you. This is gonna sound super hippie. I don't know another way to say it though. But you just it. if it's a more natural way of living, yeah, yeah. um, and you just there's not this very manufactured like inside outside but it's just this continuation that you consistently are existing and experiencing the world as it is not Mm -hmm. this bubbles that these bubbles that we kind of create for
0: ourselves in our houses that's what's up that's what's up that's dope uh uh david Perdue. you uh what have you been up to
2: (laughs) uh man i was gonna say since the last time we've been on i don't know Mm -hmm. i think i feel like I went to Portland.
0: You went. You did go to Portland. What was the festival? It was
2: called Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Uh, a, lot
0: of poet, or a lot of poet. A lot of poet. A lot of. That's like
2: one of the biggest comedy festivals in the states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think the only one bigger. I like all over. Is probably uh, Montreal just, just for laughs. laughs. Yeah. I was about so one. I was on that. I got to do the show called New Negroes. Word. Yeah, which got picked up by Comedy Central as like a TV show. Bet. But the producer of it, Baron Vaughn. If you don't know who Baron Vaughn is, one of the best. Comedians out there going It's like He he don't fight fair Boy. First time I saw this dude Before him It was an empty house Pretty much And he just started Singing total praise And I lost my mind <laughs> and, You gave him uh, Richard Smallwood he did. Yeah he started Singing over him And it was, it was me And another black person when We started praise dancing And no one knew What was going on uh, But anyway Comedy Central Picked up his show Bad. Called New Negroes Which is basically Just talking to him It was like it's uh, it's designed for guys like me, yeah, who don't necessarily find themselves comedically, right. in a lot of places. And uh, yeah, that was the first show I got to do out there, and it was packed. And yeah, your boy came through and hey. put that with that heat on per usual, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, I was out there trying to make a name for myself. And Absolutely, I, felt like I had a, a good time out there That's doing that. Portland is also a weird place.
1: Did it rub off on you? Did like the hipster like mecca rub off on you at all? <laughs> Listen,
2: I didn't realize how. Portland was uh there really? was so many i just I don't watch Portlandia, I don't really know it like that I will say i had I had moments where I like I, I couldn't be here for long, I need. Literally, the first joke I made when I was out there was I was walking around and I saw like all these pictures of uh, like all, every storefront had a Black Lives Matter sign, <laughs> and I was like, "There are more Black Lives Matter signs than black people here. Where are your black people?" I just right. kept saying, "Where are your black people?" <laughs> right. If they matter so much, if they matter, so, well, why I was aren't saying, I, <laughs> "I was saying I've never mattered so much personally." Uh, but then I had a friend send me a link to Portland, like a link about Portland. Yeah, apparently, Portland did not allow black people into Portland until 1926. Wow, my granddad was born in 1923. To give See. you kind of a full idea of what I was dealing with, so yeah, like yeah. that first, like that first couple of days there, uh, I was. I'll just put it like this: I was exotic there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I
2: knew that because I'm not necessarily always that super frequent on dating apps, but I was on one particular dating app, and I'd never been more popular. <laughs> I just, <thought laughs> like I had never been like I was like every all, all these all matches, matches? all hilarious. matches like I was like it was like. So, like it was like it's too much winning as Donald Trump was saying
0: <laughs> I feel like there's a metaphor for like a harsh criticism of liberalism there to be like yeah like we uh, in theory we love black people yeah uh, but we don't actually want to have to deal with black people oh, like, yeah. like if they were actually here yeah, we might change our term Yeah, yeah, overcomplicate yeah yeah like we, but we like the simplicity of them like theoretically being yeah. here I never
2: I never <laughs> experienced white guilt like, I could see it. You know what I mean? Like, you what I mean? Like, I see it when they talk. Like, yeah. it, it, it was thick in the word. Like, I I just asked people for directions and I didn't need it yeah, just yeah. to see. It. And they were all very, people were too helpful. Like, Understood. somebody was like, huh? can, can I drive you there, sir? Like, wow. it was too helpful. And I was like, you're doing too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. I would do that, too. That is you know something's up. wrong here. Oh, my God. But anyway, that was cool. That's what's up,
0: man. Yeah. I, um, you know, I was I was telling y'all, like, before we started recording, I've just, I've I've been busy, but in a blur. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. kind of busy in the days. Uh, definitely been working. I was sick for a minute, like which which sucked. And then like, uh, and it turns out if you don't eat, you lose weight. Oh, like apparently, like if you just don't eat any food,
2: that explains a lot you're about sick. myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you don't eat any food, then you just lose weight. And so um, yeah, man, I was like I was out for like a minute, and uh, but once I got back, it just started. You know, grinding, going back to work. So got some uh got some shows traveling a bit, um in July and August. Plug and them joints. Plug them joints. Word up, son. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be in Houston. Holla at me. I'm gonna be in Houston. Um uh, God, second, I hate Houston, dude. Third. I'm sorry. No, that's the thing I've heard that before about. No, that's the thing, like to be what am I doing? I don't like heat. What am I doing going to Houston <laughs> it's in middle degrees, of July? Right? Like, what am I doing? Yeah, but, you're going to have problems. Man, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that part of the trip. But the yeah, sun
2: was born in Houston. <laughs> <It was. Like,
1: laughs> I, I have to ask this question. Like, I just don't see, like, maybe I just... The times I've been to Houston, I've only ever experienced just, like, very wealthy oil people. Sure. But... Is there a thriving spoken word?
0: There is a, first of all, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll work our way towards spoken word. There is a thriving, like country black community okay. in Houston. Like, okay. like what you, everything you think of, if you think of Beyonce is Houston, right? Huh, okay. Like, like, like that is yeah. over the top. Like it, it's, and it's still Texas, right? Everything's big in Texas. So sure. it's still like all of that, but like, you know so you have you have Houston you have like amazing like um classic southern hip hop from you know huh. whether you're talking about like Paul Wall and Chameleonaire to 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 Slim Thug I'm talking about like really basic like you're if you're going to think about Texas rap like you have all of this that comes out of out of Houston and so then you move from that to be like okay uh you know poetry uh, well, I'm also, I'm doing hip hop and poetry at Dope. two different events. And so the poetry one, um, it's called, we are cool or are we cool? And, um, it is going to be, it's going to be somewhere. I don't know where, but, uh, but hit me up on Twitter. I will post all the links and all that jazz. I'm going to try to connect with, um, Alex. Alex faith is out there. Oh, that's right. You know what I mean, mm. so he's I'm on gonna,
1: a ranch somewhere shooting stuff. Something,
0: something out there with some heavily, uh, heavily armed militia. Know, dude. He's like
1: doomsday prepping out there bro. He is,
0: absolutely. Uh so anyway, yeah, I'm gonna be out there and then in August uh I'm gonna be participating in the national poetry uh MPS is what it's called, but uh you, basically I'll be representing the Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta team uh, heading there I think that's the second week in August so I'll be in Denver and um, yeah man been writing writing like crazy for like May and June just yeah getting some stuff together so it should be a lot of fun and in the meantime I have some shows coming up in Atlanta that well, I'll be kind of premiering some stuff so yeah man st- you, y'all you know staying busy yeah. per, Got per you. usual so Um, but one of the things I did not have scheduled in my entire list of like run up things, like throughout, you know, May, June, July, I was not a part of the BET awards. Uh, I thought I was going to get that call. I did not get that call. And, um, apparently if I did get that call, uh, Dan Duncan, you would have seen me, Uh, because you took some time out of your schedule to watch the BET awards. Is this true? Is yeah, this a fact? It was chance was hosting. So I was like, okay, well, chance was just a part of it. Leslie right, Jones right, was right, the right, host right. or whatever. Um, but he, he definitely got like awarded, uh, like a, like he got like a major recommend, like a major recognition right. award. I can't remember what it was about, but it definitely like balanced the idea of like his service as well as, you know, music. I think he had like Michelle Obama as like a, you know, a speaker, yeah. uh, you know, like a recorded a video audit for, it. but yeah. Nonetheless, so you watched it. Was this your first time watching the BET Awards? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And I want to ask you because, much like appointment viewing for Black people, did were you also on Twitter at the same time for you watched sure, it? Sure. Okay. Because yes. it, the they to go it. one, it, they go hand in hand. Like you can't do one with you know if you do one without the other, you're kind
1: of you
2: robbing it. yourself of the experience. Oh, for <laughs> sure.
1: You the instantaneous, like I mean. Two things will save Twitter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Donald Trump mm-hmm. and award shows. That's
0: facts. That's facts. Like
1: Twitter will get bought by some conglomerate at some <laughs> point in time. So if your investing tip for the day, Twitter is tanking <laughs> right now, invest. They will get purchased. Um, yeah. In which case their their stock will skyrocket. Uh, but besides that, yes. It, so on Twitter, uh, mm. super like entertaining Kind of this, like, the whole Migos thing, mm. Super entertaining, which we're going to get to in a second. But I did come to one conclusion. What was that? Uh, after kind of the whole experience and the Snapchatting of certain artists that I follow mm-hmm. and Instagram
0: posts and humble real quick, brags. Real quick, did you watch as well, David? Not at all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Continue.
1: The, the, the humble bragging and the I'm so blessed to know this person and that person and... Whatever, whatever. I'm so tired of every f***ing hip-hop artist. Who's starting off right That was there.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Like,
1: literally, like, I... Outside of Kendrick and Chance, who I'm, I'm a fanboy of, like, and I, and I do think are genuine artists, mm-hmm. everyone else just wants so bad to be Ray Strumman and Migos, and they obviously want to be future real bad, so everyone just kind of falls in line, and like no one it seems like is immune anymore. To where outside of the two I've mentioned, like all the way from Lecrae, who got his gospel award, congratulations. No one gives a damn, and all the way to the biggest names are all changing and becoming the same freaking artist. Don't don't
0: hold back now. I mean, You're you are.
2: Not, I'm not I'm saying, joking. No, we, not already, already, <laughs> we not already jumped off the cliff. <laughs> don't go reaching back to <laughs> the clip now. Sorry. We are free falling,
1: here, we, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's, a, Oasis came out with a documentary. It's incredible. You should watch it. Anyway, um, but I say that to say, like, it's just so sad to me. Hmm. Like, where did, like, and I don't know if it's because, like, the message is becoming, like, obviously in today's day, like, there's so much turmoil and there's so much Racial tension, and like there's a lot of messages that need to be said, mm-hmm. so I say that knowing that, but i but I do think that there a lot of what hip hop has served to to kind of be the voice of the of a subculture. I don't know if it's becoming so strained and they're so out of touch the majority the money that's in hip hop now has created the majority of like the top echelon of artists are so out of touch with normal people that they just have no concept of what to say anymore so they all just doing this kind of like sing-song rap uh that just is so uninteresting to me Mm -hmm. um and 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 you know what i even wanted christian hip-hop to go that route Mm -hmm. or, or wanted it to become more mainstream and work with like metro boomin and all these other artists that you know that Christian artists are now working with. Mm-hmm. And I regret every ounce wow. of those desires. Mm, wow. um, because I think you even see Chance like circling back around and like just being true to who he is to some extent. Okay. And I think there's an originality. Like I even uh, listened to Macklemore's new song today. And like while it was terrible, terrible hip hop, it was, it was something different mm. than the same kind of like Rhythmic tenor That is every song That hits the radio
2: now got
0: you I like that I like that phrase Rhythmic tenor That's mm. pretty true Um Man You got any thoughts David? Uh
2: I did not watch The uh BT Awards Uh mm-hmm. Because it's uh, Kind of like I don't know what the, I don't know like I don't know We're wearing and everything And I was like If it's mainly rap I don't There's nothing that I really Want to even see Like there's no okay. performance That Good. I really want to see Gotcha Like I could see if like Chance Like I, I I do mess with chance. Uh, I can see if he had a new song or something like that. Uh, like his own thing, a new project. I was like, okay, let's mm. see how he performs this song. Um, but outside of that, I was just like
0: You're right. Yeah,
2: I was like, I don't I mean, maybe I wanna see if Leslie Jones did well, you know, comedically I wanna see how well she did. Apparently she did a fine job. It was an okay job. As good as you can do. Yeah. I thought the clip I did see was interesting, it was like I think Sizz was about to perform and then it didn't something didn't go right uh with the sound or whatever. Sure. And I was like, that, how does that keep happening every year? <laughs> Like that happened when Chris Rock was hosting And he was like oh wait Something wrong well F it and then he just yeah. was like Y'all yeah. know how it goes and right, then the same Thing happened and I was like how do, every Year like people are watching get it yeah. together what, yeah. are <laughs> what are you doing what are you doing But yeah there was there was nothing There's I, nothing I will for say, me there I
0: will say you know and I, I'm you know Anybody who follows me on Twitter I made this point But I, I am very big on like Sticking up I, it's weird I've found myself sticking up For BET I get it you know what I mean like I get it. and I and I do it in a way in which I'm like it's not that it's problem free it's just that I don't know if the problems are unique to BT anymore no. in a way you nah, know what I mean that's very true. like I feel like there are things that BT does or I'm I, it, what I essentially said was I, I tweeted something like you know uh, BT. I don't think the BT wards are particularly bad I just think that they're ours and i think that some people like us and by us i'm meaning black people think they are particularly bad just because it's ours like we're just programmed Uh, to think that like anything we do is just gonna be inferior and i'm like yeah i can rattle off to you a litany of things that happened at the grammys or at the oscars that are actually faux pas and things that are wrong there um, technically and or like with particular like guests acting out of turn or whatever mm-hmm. and just be like yeah but we don't like ascribe that to the entire Very true. whatever but we and and I will say this the other thing I like about and I want to get back to you the other thing I like about the BET Awards is we honor people that will not get honored elsewhere Yes, you know what I'm saying like who else is really going to take that time to give this new edition tribute the way like and we're yes. just going to be like yo new edition is important. Everything important. you get from Backstreet Boys to an uh, Sync mm-hmm. to ninety eight degrees to all all of them follow the template that Marie Starr and all of them created yeah. around, you know, New, new Edition. edition yeah. And so like I'm like we do this. That's what we do. We honor Prodigy of Mob Deep because the Grammys
2: aren't going to... The gonna, Grammys yeah, are, not not gonna gonna, about are not going to do that. And so... Even that, did you see that thing? Uh, Master P was mad about that. I did see that. <laughs> Master P was mad. He had a point. He did have
0: a point. I have a point just to be, you know, to throw it out there. What Master P made a point about was just that before Prodigy passed, like, he couldn't have gotten in that award show. Like, right. they basically revise everything. Like, once, once someone passes, then it's like, oh, we want to honor this person. But... You know, they weren't really effing with him when he wasn't, yeah. you know, whatever. But nonetheless, that's my point is the Grammys, even in passing, will not honor him. And no. so but your your overall point though is that you didn't watch it because you just didn't feel a connection to the music, to the artist, to the Yeah. What I, was it? Well,
2: uh, I just
0: definitely not the music. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just
2: like I don't there's nothing. You there's, didn't want to
0: see Post Malone, you didn't want to see DJ Khaled out post, there. Did
2: post Post Malone perform?
0: He did a small he I think he did like forty five seconds of his song with Quavo I think which is called
2: Congratulations or something like that yeah. I don't know I, I don't know I, you know I you didn't want to
1: see 17 Mumble rappers
2: no and it's it cuz it, no I didn't it is going to be funny cuz later I'm going to I'm probably going to defend Amigos <laughs> I'm just going to say that uh, but no, I did. I didn't necessarily want to. I didn't want to see it. like show show what else is out there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Show what else is out there. I I, I would have if I'd have known. Like I didn't know the programming. I would have liked to seen Scissor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I, I mess I mess with Scissor.
0: Our boy Roman was on the BET Award. Yeah, Roman yeah. John Arthur, yeah. uh, who was on the set list. Uh, amazing, you know. He's <laughs> an amazing artist. He did the Chuck Berry tribute and yeah. like killed it or whatever. Of course so he did. Definitely go yeah. back and check out that set list episode. But yeah, yeah he was on. Um, the MTV Awards But nonetheless
2: Yeah I just I just Yeah there's not a I don't know if it's like I'm not connected to black people that's, I don't want to <laughs> say that Cause that's not How long it were it. you in Portland? I was Listen Long <laughs> enough uh, No I don't want to say that But it definitely yeah. was like I don't yeah. I'm okay Like I'm I, I, I wasn't excited I used to be excited about that award Yeah Like you know what I mean But, but like, I, I do feel like you I feel like it is important That that award exists Yeah Because otherwise We're not gonna see ourselves on any of the other award shows yeah. So I'm very Like I'm proud that BT Awards exists I just know that At this point in time There was nothing there That would draw me in To watch it What was it on like Tuesday or something Or it Wednesday was, Monday Sunday It was, it was Sunday s- It was Sunday Sunday. So I was yeah. I had a show yeah, so, yeah. And I, nah. I could have left after But I was like
0: I'm alright <laughs> I do think You know and, and that's why I do think It's important Like like the fact that Kendrick Showed up And He performed Right mm-hmm. Like he he jumped on the Um the mask off remix which a lot of people actually don't like which yeah, I find like interesting guy. but uh but nonetheless um you know kendrick right now is really like you know arguably with drake like out there in terms of like most popular you know yes. like he's out there in terms of we're not even dealing with skill just like popularity yes. wise he's really huge i think he has the at this point, he still has the largest selling, highest selling hip-hop album so far this year, 2017. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like, he took the time. I'm going to perform and show up at the BET Awards. Uh, there was a huge thing about, like, I don't know if you saw this, there's a huge thing criticizing Beyonce, like, on Twitter. Somebody was like, she don't, you know, where's she at? Supporting, you know, whatever. And she, like, somebody listed, like, she's performed at the BET Awards, like, right. seven years. Like, Beyonce like if, show she shows up for that or whatever. Now, so, Jay... Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I I'm of the thought that who really wants to see Jay not perform? perform yeah, you know not what I mean? mean? At this point, you know, yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I do think it's really important that you know these artists show up in that way. To your original point, though, Dan, like your impression was just that like it was the it was the monochromatic mon- monotony of just all of these acts that resemble one another in some. Slight variation, but none, you I know, th- nothing that is really tangible. And you're saying this across the spectrum. Uh,
1: I feel like collectively, mm-hmm. outside of like Kendrick and Chance and Dr- like the the top, top tier, right? That like mm-hmm. had solidified themselves already. Mm-hmm. Cole got the Cole out there. Yeah, yes. sh- absolutely. cool yeah, that echelon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Of artists, but anything underneath that, like top, top tier echelon, all gave up at the same exact time and said, You know what? Future's selling a whole lot of records right now. They Mm. bump in the car. Mm. That's what people want right now. Mm -hmm. We'll just do that. Okay. And I feel like if you didn't do it, unfortunately, like you just, there's no buzz around you. They there a lot of artists exist. Very much so, yeah. That are that, uh, but they're not. They weren't at the BET Awards, and so Mm -hmm. that was where my like reaction came from. Was Mm -hmm. just like everything that is getting love right now and being interviewed and pubbed out there is just iterations of the same record duplicated over and over and over again. And I'm like, so tired of it. I'll say
2: this too. My, my, my main point of contention is uh, the fact that like, I feel like that hip hop is not connected to the culture at large. Mm. And that's what throws me off. I'm like, that's too much. Is it not though? I mean, I would, I, I mean, I don't know if I can argue that like,
0: like DJ Khaled, Migos, you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I can argue that though, I mean Chance Kendrick were there too, but just like I don't know if I can argue future that those acts aren't representative of a larger culture. I don't think that they're every part of the culture. Like okay. clearly they they exclude you know art you know people like me a lot of times or whatever. But I don't. I I think I think what you're saying is true, Dan, and I think that you know I can understand your hesitation to like him, you know you had no excitement towards it, I think is what you were essentially well, it's, saying. It's,
2: it's very formulaic rap. Yes. I hear you. It's very formulaic. And so you. when you hear it, when you hear it, you're like, oh, okay. Not only is it quality, but also he's connecting to something outside of, you know, money, cars, you know what I mean? Like he's connecting I gotcha. something outside of that. Not going to appreciate that. You know what right. I mean? Like there's it, that's also a formula, but like there's no personal touch to it. Yeah. yeah. Like we're reaching a point of rapper, like anybody can rap what other people are rapping. I hear like, you. I should listen and produce and produce and produce the same. Like, I, I don't I don't like things that I think I can
0: do. I hear you. <laughs> you know, I don't like Steve, Steve Stout, you know, famously, you know, kind of geared kind of like oversaw Nas's career post Illmatic. And then like has just gone on to do a bunch of things. He wrote a book called The Tanning of America, which is a whole nother thing to talk about. But Steve Stout, he makes the point often that like the one of the reasons one of the points when he knew he had to get out of like the music business solely is when he would be uh, working in a in a record label or an environment and he realized and when he started to see there not be a difference between the artists who were really really good mm-hmm. and the artists who were just okay like mm. he just he, he he no longer saw a distance between mm. them and he was like yeah no like there's no business that can thrive when there's like when there's no gap there any yes. longer and he was just like yeah I, i've got to do something else i got to get into marketing i got to get into whatever so he has tons of side marketing ventures and things like that with a various bunch of lebron james jay-z all these people yeah. but that that is kind of what precipitated him leaving the music business is just saying like yeah at the point when there is no longer this large chasm between who is amazing at what they do and they they have the same entry point as someone who is just average at what they do right. or not good at all. Um So, I, you know, I understand that, you know, it, I think I do think that from what I was able to t- see from the BET Awards, like I do think that there was a difference between like I do think like hip hop, soul, blue, I, I do think that was more broadly represented than hip hop in this mm-hmm. award ceremony, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think, and I don't know if that's always the case, but I do think this year it was definitely such where, even if, if you can look at a new edition and see like, okay, this strain of R&B, right, from late 80s to, you know what I'm saying, early mid 90s or whatever, you see that and then you see, you know, you can see a drum, you can see a, a scissor, you can mm-hmm. see, you know, um, trying to think of other acts that perform um um I I don't know did Mary do something I'm not sure I feel like Mary J did something too um but nonetheless you can see this um whereas when hip-hop like you kind of just saw like maybe one representation or 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 kind of a limited scope of that you know that was kind of portrayed like I said even we had you know for the R&B set you even had Roman like I said paying homage to uh, the late Chuck Berry and things like that. So you just kind of saw a lot of different representations. Speaking of representations, what you also had was some hijinks that occurred <laughs> uh, with uh show. Of course, uh, the complex puts on everyday struggle, which is essentially like the music first take, you know what I'm saying? Like essentially yeah. you have a, a woman host, you have two sh- strongly opinionated dudes or whatever. Uh, uh, Nadeska is the host. Um, Uh, DJ Academics Is on one side Is he a
2: DJ? Is he an actual DJ?
0: (sighs) Let's go with no I didn't think so Yeah let's go with no Okay So let's just say academics Academics And uh, and then you have DJs
1: uh, like hip hop artists Are becoming a True DJs Are becoming a rare breed
2: Just like hip hop artists Shaq DJed at the NBA Awards
0: so we're just going to keep moving. That's, what we're, gonna That's what we're going to do. we're going to keep doing um, hot garbage. <laughs> uh on the other side you have uh Joe Budden and um pump, 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 <laughs> pump, pump, pump. I to play uh uh jump off Joey like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I didn't but, put that out. <laughs> true, true. Um but nonetheless, um there was some there was some hijinks that occurred, man. Uh he had a there was an interview that occurred with Migos. Mhm. The Migos. The Migos. And, uh, um, uh, well, for those of you who have not seen it, essentially what's occurred I'll describe it and then I'll kind of turn it to y'all to kind of get y'all's feedback because I think you guys come down on different sides of this. But nonetheless, uh, there was a conversation that occurred. Um, Migos sits down. Academics is kind of like teeming with joy and excitement as he's interviewing Migos. And he's he essentially says something to the effect of like, uh, asking, um, I believe it's takeoff. Takeoff. Yes. Yeah, I could have him confused. No, but that's I think, right. I take believe off. he's asking takeoff. Like, hey, you weren't on, you know, broken bougie, and he, Bad bougie, yeah, and he's, and he. His, his response is, Does it look like I'm wasn't you on Broken Bush? I, I, I can't, can't. hear <laughs> you. Do, do you think I was on Bamboo?
2: Do I look huh? like I was on You think I was on Bamboo? Let me just say this. Let me just say this and you can continue. Yes. If you're from Atlanta, you knew exactly oh, what yeah. you said. Oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you heard
0: him You heard him immediately. You that. Um, <laughs> out of now, now, according to academics at desk, they are saying that it was just so loud that they could not hear them. Right. But. I know that all of us while we was like, yo, I mean, that's that's the dude at QT. Like that that's just Right. We just we, I know that dude. We we can make out what he's saying. Yeah. Nonetheless, he um uh so they have that Joe Budden is gets visibly more upset as the interview continues, and he's just like, why are we taking he's like, yo, we need to wrap this up. Quavo says the line, wrap it up then.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh and then Academics then says, uh, "Well, it was a really pleasure to interview y'all. Are my favorite group." At which point, Joe <laughs> Button, <Budden, laughs> Joe Button, Joe Button, just throws the mic in enough. the air and just walks off because he's just like, "This is." My. At which point, then Offset mm-hmm. throws down his mic. Yeah, take off the. It's just funny because. In Joe Budden' his retelling, he said that they stood up in the in their true order of importance, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. Oh, <yeah. laughs> that was hilarious because Quavo, Quavo stood up first. first. Quavo did stand it. up, and he then, yes, yeah. then take, then take, take off, off take on, off. On, take, I did the cuff. Take off like he was preparing for an Alexander Hamilton yeah. duel. Started to peel back his cufflinks yes. and 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 roll up his sleeves yes. and. They, they, they definitely ascended with game blouses on their face and said, you know, we got a problem there. At which, at which point parties converged, no punches were thrown, right. um, but it was a little bit of uh, it was pretty excitement. Uh, of course, Twitter went ham, and um, I'm now going to throw it to you two gentlemen, because let me say <laughs> uh, a lot of people were on, a lot of people were mad at Joe Joey first because they were just like one, this fell in line with Joey going after uh Lil Yachty right. uh about a couple months ago, a right. few months ago. So what what was your stance, uh da- David? Uh I think you I think you're Team Migos. I
2: am Team Migos. Okay. I am Team Migos. <laughs> now, I know what I said earlier about mumble rap and all that stuff. I I listen, yeah. I mean the first man. I don't listen to a lot. Understood. And I'm not even like I don't own any Migos anything. Mm. But what I will say is they are the best at doing Mo <laughs> Rap. And there's very hard to listen to any Migo song and be like, I like and not and not feel excited, not want to move. Not move. So everybody oh, else, whatever God, they're doing, I feel way. like Yeah, Oof. I feel like like that, it's amazing to listen to. It just is. There's no other way around it. Like with all the ad libs and stuff, it's crazy. It's it's dope, right? So I feel like everybody else just just quit. The he Migos, quit. the Migos are doing it the best. <laughs> future, future, but there is only one of him, right? So it doesn't it doesn't add up. But these are triplicates triplicate <laughs> of it. So it's more of the same thing. Um, I, I do. I I appreciate them being like, yo, we not gonna. Like, we're not gonna take this from you. You're not gonna Got just you. be disrespectful. Okay. Like, you cannot like me. Okay. But to get up, drop, throw the mic, even <laughs> academics said that was disrespectful. Right, 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 To drop the mic, look at, and just be, and think you could turn your back to a right. man in right. that way. No, yeah, my man was right. I challenged to- you to a duel. He put his cufflinks <laughs> back, and he was getting prepared to slap that dude. <laughs> to your point. In his blouse. To, to your point. Hands, Joe now.
0: Button said himself. Oh,
2: he said it was disrespectful.
0: <laughs> he said himself. He was just like. If it was unprofessional and disrespectful, yeah. I cop to that. But yeah, yeah continue. But he know, didn't say it, what he would change. Anything he did not he did, say that. But he just was saying he agrees that but it wasn't. I think
2: it, I, a part of me. This is why I'm team me because I think a part of me. I think it speaks to um, the large, the larger like there's a bigger idea of like people from certain like certain ways of rap think that they what they're doing is better. Sure, and I'm not. That's it, it's, yeah, and, and, and like. Well, it's or truer, it's a truer. Sure, but it's like it's a bit it's a it's based in bitterness in my opinion. Okay. Cuz <clears throat> it's like I'm out here doing this thing uh-huh. and not getting recognized like these guys are. Mm. And I'm just like maybe you should do something different. I'm not saying be them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying be them. But look, maybe maybe you got too many bars. <laughs> maybe you need to work with different productions. Switch okay. something up. Okay. Cuz it, it it at some point you gotta look at it. maybe it's it just it seems like it's rooted in bitterness. Got you. You know what I mean. All the Migos want to do is make weird sounds and make over music. Mike Will beats. Skirt. Over Mike Will beats, and Let they do it boom. really, yes. really good. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm you know, so like the southerner in me was just like, you know what, you got tired that. of being disrespected. Dan, you know, Dan,
0: yeah. Dan Duncan, you're, you you were you were you were team team Joey on this one.
2: Uh,
1: I am. So I would say one caveat before I go in is that Mike Will. I love Mike Will. I think he's actually a very, very talented dude. Mm-hmm. I wish that. Everyone that raps over his beats currently was banned from ever doing so in the future okay. um and that uh maybe I would just listen to his his beats by themselves. I don't know, but yeah i I watched what happened, and I was like, I would have done exactly what <laughs> Joe Budden did, yeah, like I was sitting there watching that interview like like. You really can't speak like you really cannot like project and be like no nah, like I took that one I sat that song like just answer the damn question <laughs> and like and act like in a like just act like a person instead of this character that you perpetrate as like as as real I've been on a i I've been on flight with Migos I've heard them speak they actually don't fucking speak like that mm-hmm. like. They actually like joke off, just like we're talking like right yeah, now, yeah. and speak to one another very clearly, and it, and that's the funny thing is is like like going back all the way to God, oh, man. Like I'm trying to think, like L- Lil John all the way back to mm. like Concare. they like they there's, These are characters that get, and and I think that that's the frustrating part for someone like Joe Budden, who like his music is ju- is a truly representation of him. And his life and his struggle, mm-hmm. and he and there's no like characterization of what it is, mm-hmm. and he's like praise or no praise. It's like this is me, and I'm offering it to people, and as depressing as it can be for everyone to participate in, sometimes yeah. like <laughs> it is what it is, and I think for him just seeing there is just like he knows behind the scenes, mm-hmm. he knows who these dudes are, like on and off the mic, and to sit there and just watch the charade happen has to be so frustrating and two just the art form that that he is participating in like yes we are all making judgment calls on whether it's true or not true but mm-hmm. I think that's fair to do that
2: sure Um, I just feel like he don't have a more high ground about authentic hip hop or anything like that when you've participated regularly in loving hip hop <laughs> you know what I mean like you're not you can't be like oh y'all are ruining hip hop and then you're on love and hip-hop. That's true. Like, Fair. you don't get to do that. That's a good you point. You are part of the problem. I so just because we know you enunciate well on your verses <laughs> doesn't mean you have some sort of, like, authority over something else. You just mad love and hip-hop didn't make you go platinum. Gotcha. That's in my opinion. Like, you hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you do love and hip-hop. You ain't got no say no more. You done. No say. You got no say. You, you're in the same boat as a little Scrappy. Be quiet. Right.
0: Wow. Yeah. Right. Wow. You. you
2: are you do a little scrappy does.
0: So but Who else is letting hip-hop? Stevie J.
2: Stevie <laughs> J, you and Stevie J are, are <laughs> out all, there giving you, the rat I, face. <laughs> yeah. So all y'all in the same boat. So you want to get mad at the Migos. Ooh. for so, what they're doing in hip-hop? So <laughs> you part of the problem. So, you know what I mean? So yeah, so, so my, th- <laughs> my thoughts
0: it's funny like cut the baby in half like I think that um I think that Joe Budden is so here's the part where I think Joe Button also is a character. Like, I think Joe Budden himself, specifically as he's moved into this, like, you know, extra, like, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but. You know, he still
2: he yeah, still raps. Activities. He
0: still raps, yeah. but he also does a lot of... He also gets bags from a lot of different other... Like, a lot of other things or whatever. Yeah.
2: he's trying to be Charlamagne That's what we get
0: it. We get it. So, get it. so <laughs> as he's out in these streets, like, he absolutely... Like, if you listen to his podcast, if you listen to him on Everyday Struggle, he will also turn up, throw on some sauce, and like, really, I'm gonna be this guy like, yeah. that is the guy who kind of serves as a proxy for, like, Elders in hip hop also serves as the proxy to like old heads and it but like Mm -hmm. he takes on things that are that I'm not saying are not his character, but he like accentuates them in a very high term. And in that way, I don't see them I don't see him as markedly different than these young dudes coming up making the music that they make, like they just happen to be, you know, popping in the way that they are. Well, I will give Joe credit is that Joe's like, Look, I didn't want to interview them before. I've always did not want to interview them because they are a bad yeah, interview, bad interview yeah. anytime they interview with anyone they are not interesting they do not say anything really profound they do not like to talk like they like to make music and mm-hmm. you know we'll dance and play the music but I don't want to interview them on this carpet right so I was like yo I'm, I mess with that and so Joe was all like the whole time was just like I get I think what he said is that he got outvoted by he Nadeska and, and academics or whatever to interview them um, where I where I will come to Migos' defense is, you know, uh, you know, you you young, doing your thing. Two of them are young. Who's old?
1: One of them's like the uncle. Like the oh, really? takeoff is like.
0: Yeah, but what's? Have I mean, I'm gonna explain <laughs> a little bit about you know, unfortunate thing about black families. There's still not that much difference in age. Like, like <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that there's there's the, a. Decent difference in age. I'll double check that.
0: Yeah, yeah, check it out. Um,
2: but that's gonna make my day if he's like forty. I just want you to know. That. <laughs> he's, he's not. He's like forty. I'm gonna lose my mind, and no. I will buy an album. <laughs> no, but uh,
0: but nonetheless, though, they're they're making money. They're doing music that has captivated, like the Zeitgeist. I completely agree. Like we, if you sit and look, like you could laugh and just be like, "Oh, Migos little hit with their, you know, whatever." But when you look at like their run, you're kind of like, yo, yo, they like when you sit back and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was them, too. Mm -hmm. That was them, too.
2: I I had had a it last summer. I was like, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like people like might be like people may have the larger populace, not, you know, people plugged in, but the larger populace might have really tuned in around, you know, broken boot
2: Bad and bougie. I'm yeah. thinking
0: of Broken Bougie, which yeah, it came wrong. from. Was was yeah, they're really close in age. Yeah, <laughs> okay. 22,
1: uh, 25, 26. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. But the crazy thing is that like people might have tuned in for that, but when you look at their catalog, you're like, yeah, no. They've they've got a string of hits mm-hmm. and things that have been moving the clubs forever. Yep. Things that Drake has already copied, and people thought was his. You know, just in terms the Versace flow and all yeah. of that, like just all these things and so all that is to say that like they are just like yo we we like you're not about to play us on right. on television like on national TV yeah. like when we're the ones popping and you know whatever um I just
2: love how they was to the get like and also to be to, to be full like to the full uh, scope of that day then they almost fight Chris Brown too so that happened later yeah because that- of a girlfriend right or something yeah. like that yeah. but I just like how they like oh yeah yeah, we, we'll fight it.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. won it? What I will say: what they have working for them is that they're related, yeah. and so it's not really what. Like people are always like, "Oh, like you know, like you say, like takeoff got left off of, uh, yeah. you know, or uh, whatever, whichever one got left off of, um, um, bad and bougie." Um, and they're like, "Oh, but like they're they're family, yeah. so they're kind of like we we gonna get through this, yeah. like, cause we're family. Like this is not gonna be, you know, this is not about to be a Lauren." Pro- Wyclef Prize yeah, situation no, where you're about to pick us out.
2: So, My Mama's gonna make a phone call and then we gotta, we gotta <laughs> right, talk it out. We absolutely. So, you're yeah.
0: gonna make it out. So, grandma's put, involved. Put y'all in the same t shirt. Like, yeah, so y'all yeah, like, Y'all yeah, can't yeah, go y'all, anywhere. Hug, y'all Hug
2: each other and don't don't stop hugging each other until y'all are good. But no, you know, to wrap
0: this up though, I just, I do think it was really kind of, uh, it was a fascinating, like, character portrayal. Joey, uh, Joey definitely talked about some more things that kind of added to why it was a, got to be a hostile situation because one of their, I think the, um, not the president of like their the, label, but yeah. like the kind of like the executive P like he basically like
2: ran up on him at the mall, ra-
0: ran up on him. Like, well, he said, actually he did at the mall, but then like, he also interrupted their interview. Right. And like, tried to like kind of play Joe on some, like, yo, you know, that, that, that yeah. you going at little Yachty stuff is dead. And yeah, you know, so there's a lot of sides to it, but man the memes that it created oh That's man hilarious. thank you black twitter right like just when you need it they just show up prince shirts and just just so amazing yeah. so amazing and uh but yeah man i i do think it's i do think it's it's it it is it is inter- like mumble rap it's interesting i've been i've been i kind of did like this crazy deep dive over the last few weeks just because i've been like been writing a lot of pieces that have been influenced by it and um it's really kind of fascinating. Like the, like I can like kind of draw connections to artists that like, I don't necessarily think people think it's something new and you're like, yeah, no, it's not that it's not new, but it's just, there's strains of this that have been present in hip hop for a very long Mm. time. And it's, it's really kind of fascinating that way. So I don't know, man, but the BET awards, tell us what y'all thought about the BET awards, tweet us, let us know, uh, let us know the artists we weren't talking about, the people who were sleep slept on, uh, let us know, uh, who, uh, who Dan should start cursing for, you know what I mean? in <laughs> support of, and, um, yeah, all of that jazz. Uh, but outside of that appointment television, you have been watching the Carmichael show, David. Perdue. I have
2: been watching the Carmichael show. Um, I've become, I think I was always a fan of the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and I've always been, I, I'm like iffy on Gerard. I'm iffy on Gerard.
0: Gerard Carmichael. And it's just because... What? What uh what what uh I always catch it like like on Hulu or whatever like yeah. the next day. What what network is it on? I can't It's on remember. NBC. It's on NBC. Which okay. is a
2: huge accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is its uh, third season? Uh, is it the third? I think it is. It may be, uh, maybe maybe might be the third. I think it's the third. Second, third. Or third. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, my my my, my critique always on his stand up and it's really <laughs> you talk to a lot of old head comedians and every time they watch the stand up like he 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 doesn't go for the kill, which is mm. makes it hard for him to watch, but he's what he tries to is the third? Um, yeah, it's the okay. third third season. Yeah. But what he does do is pose int- he has amazing premises. Yeah. And then we'll leave you guessing on where the joke might go or whatever. So like yeah, as someone who's a fan of stand up who's a fan of people who tried to kill on stage, yeah. It's very hard to watch him. However, this show the um the the dialogues that he creates uh, with his show are something that I have not seen on TV <laughs> in a while. Like the last episode I wa- watched was all about the N word.
0: Got you, and it yeah, was yeah.
2: amazing.
0: Yeah, 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 it
2: was amazing. You know, um, but anyway, the um the thing I'm talking about is the uh,
0: well, but I mean, even before you go to that, just the show in general. Like he he what he does to give an idea of other shows that he other like type like he's. He's talked really heavily. Like last season, he talked about like he got tickets to see Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. and so him and his girl on the show were having a like she had this fundamental like, no, we're not going to see Bill Cosby, and yeah. so the whole thing kind of spread out into this larger conversation around like.
2: And he kn- swings heavy.
0: Oh yeah. The first
2: episode of this season was a rape episode, bruh, and it, it was hilarious. It's shout it, out, to, but little real is the, like the relief <laughs> so that's the thing like i think so i think
0: i think that lil rel really does like provide like you said kind of like kind of lets the um kind of the steam out a little yeah. bit so that like when it's this really pressure situation and l- let's not forget like we have david allen greer you know what i'm saying we Kill have it. loretta divine killer you know what i'm saying on the show and i think that tiffany um, haddish is great i was about to say tiffany haddish you know who I think is a mega star mm-hmm. waiting to be, you know, plucked to picked up. She is also on the show. And one of the things that, you know, I, I found most interesting in this season, they had a whole sub, they had a whole episode about like the troops and like yes. supporting the troops. And like, what does that really mean? And like how there's always this, like almost this reverence for people serving in the military. Right. And, like just cause they serve in the military does not mean they're good people. Yeah. Like, that those, that does not mean that that, you know, whatever. There's there's tons of motivations that have people join the military, Absolutely. you know what I mean, or join the armed forces. And so when you have an episode like that, you know, um, he'll go through so many like ups and downs and various characters will bring about different parts of the conversation and very unpopular opinions mm-hmm. they will all express. Yeah. All that is to say that this there is an episode that is airing tonight.
2: It is correct? airing tonight. That was
0: pushed back. Was uh, pulled. pulled. It was pulled. Okay.
2: Two weeks ago, after the uh, the shooting in Virginia, mm. uh, the congressman got shot in Virginia. The whole episode was about mass shooting, mm. and NBC decided to pull it. And uh, I think it was last week when they did pull it. Gerard went on, uh, I think Chelsea's show, Chelsea late, uh, yeah. Chelsea Handler's show on Netflix, and was just basically saying, "Hey, NBC's doing everyone a disservice uh, to pull the show He's like, "Everybody's saying too soon." But he's like, well, when do we get the opportunity to kind of uh, like what, what better way than a comedy show mm-hmm. to kind of like uh, be a vehicle for that conversation? Mm-hmm. So I'm very so as of this moment, I have not seen the episode, but I'm very uh, anxious. I'm very excited to see what he does with that material, because like I said, he he will push buttons, but mm-hmm. he has a, an incredible way of doing that without making you hate him. True. Unless you just unless you just came to hate. <laughs> but without, you know what I mean sure. but without with, with like allowing you to like really I don't know question what's going on and um kind of see like the every angle of it yeah cause like it's fu- like even certain episodes with uh, like da- David Allen Grit also plays a very key role in this show cause he'll have the very unpopular yeah opinion you know what I mean like he was he was an
0: older generation he's like he you know he represents kind of an older generation yeah and that I mean who's Loretta Vine does that too
2: yeah who's trying to like figure stuff out you know what I mean so um I don't know I, I guess what I would Really want to I guess I think I think he brought up A good thing about The fact that he pulled it The thing I've, I wanted to discuss Was just the idea of The role that Art And specifically here Comedy Plays in those Too soon conversations mm-hmm. You know what I mean Like the You know I, As a comedian I know that I can get away With saying stuff Immediately Just because people are like Alright there's a joke At the end of it mm-hmm. And so I, I, I did think It was kind of Uh I mean, maybe it's a corporation, so, you know, they got to do it. They got to do money wise. Yeah. But I think it was a disservice to the people to pull it when it did. Yeah, I, I mean, think it would have meant more to leave it that week.
0: So, you know, I, you know, not really thinking about this much at all before in, in terms of for this conversation. I am curious of like, you know, you think about what was that 9-11 when there was kind of like this uh, they kind of call it like the famous SNL episode mm-hmm. where like they didn't know how to start that cold open and they started it with um i think it was just like like f- um fire department yeah. like like people firemen and police officers from new york or whatever just kind of standing there mayor giuliani at the time and um and kind of like I don't, I don't i can't remember what actually happened but i remember there was a part where uh someone from snl i don't know if it was lauren michaels or whomever on camera said like hey you know can, to can we be can funny be funny and, yeah. and i think mayor Giuliana's response was like well, why start, start, now, start now whatever yeah. and um it, it created some laughter but it all centered around this idea of like when is like we just face this you know the most brutal uh you know act of uh international foreign terrorism, foreign terrorism yeah uh that we'd experience in in years and years and years and so like when is you know is it appropriate to now do a sketch variety you know sketch comedy show right and um and I do think that it provides kind of an outlet for people I think that people who you know I, I do think on some levels I, I do tend to agree or lean with uh, Gerard Carmichael's view in which he's like hey this kind of helps people deal with things um, you know but I, I don't know if I I wouldn't also be sensitive to the idea of people who are like you know, I, I don't know who, who are like, Hey, this, this is too soon or, you know, this is, you know, I don't know if, you know, if you've used it triggering there or or whatever, I, I I don't know. And to that end though, when, when is there never not a too soon argument to be made because uh, there's always uh, these, these shootings are not going anywhere. They continually happen and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is.
2: I I think the thing, real quick, I'll let you go next. But uh, the thing I like about Gerard is like, I don't think that episode, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure just based on his comedy, it's not, it wasn't necessarily to make people laugh. Like, I don't think Gerard cares if you laugh all the time. Mm -hmm. He'll get a laugh. Yeah. Because he'll say things that are true and he'll say funny. Right. But like, I believe, I'm pretty, I'm going to bet that in this episode, a lot of it was like it's not necessarily to bring levity to the situation and be funny. It's just like, we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I'm a comedian, I'm, I I have an understanding of how, more so than honestly than making people laugh, a lot of times comedians know how to get everybody who's in the room who might not necessarily agree with the thing to think about a thing at least for a second. Totally, You know what I mean? And I, I feel like he understands that power. And that's why, again, over time, I've greatly, I've grown to appreciate what he does even though I'm like, you know, kind of like weird about him.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to talk about just like censorship, in art, yeah, I think I just i i have had to bow to quote unquote censorship before putting something out, people you know feeling some type of way about it, and people afraid of the reaction and be and and that driving that fear driving hey, we need to just, we need to pull this and i I think that the more and more that we become sensitive. To that, the less and less like free speech and art can thrive. Now, I don't think that, like, I think that art can go too far. And I think, and so I, and I think that it can be offensive. And I think that people have every right to say that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it should be censored. Like, even when, What's her name did the Donald Trump head? Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Oh, this is about to be good. We forgot a whole bunch of stuff. This is good. Keep going. Like, I totally disagree <laughs> that, that I think it's gross, obscure. Like, I think it goes too far. Yeah. I, th- like, I Like, for a million reasons, it's wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think she has every right to make the art. I think oh. she has every... And I don't think that anyone should tell her that she can't do it. Now... Artists have to understand that there's repercussions for making certain statements. Yes, um, and you need to be able to live with those statements, and that's part of being an artist is bucking the system mm-hmm. and and with and kind of standing against the system when it bucks back at you. Mm-hmm. So she needs to be okay with lo- like her whole thing of standing up there and being like, "I've lost work." Of course, you've lost work. Yeah,
2: right. one job, and that was New Year's. Like <laughs> think <right>. <laughs> right. Of course, you've lost work. Right, but that's part.
1: If you want to be an activist, if mm. you want to say something that's meaningful, mm-hmm. be ready to kind of like take it. Yeah. And so, on, I on both sides, I'm like, I don't believe in censorship. I don't. Yeah. I think that, again, especially as Donald Trump and this new America becomes more and more closed off to the media, more and more scared to speak, and offended so quickly artists and just general people we are going to become more and more quick to pull things down edit ourselves edit our own social media be careful not to offend and I think we should offend and and we should lean into those moments and I think we as people need to learn how to when we are offended communicate why it is offensive but not I think there's there's some part of it that you have to believe the best in people. And I like, even the Kathy Griffin thing that I think that she was wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe the best in her to be like, I don't think that she is, like, she intended harm. I genuinely believe that she did something that she thought was going to make a statement and it did the opposite thing. I
0: -hmm. will also say this. Kathy Griffin is not funny.
1: For sure at all, yeah, uh, for sure,
0: and i i she's just not funny, and so <laughs> that's i it was hard for me to like muster any level of like yeah sympathy because I was just like, oh, you're so unfunny, yeah. but that was over here, secondly, I'd also say to your point about what must you know. You know the the proclivity that the, like in this current administration to maybe like censor ourselves or pull back things or edit social media or edit some level of view. You also have what was that Johnny Depp's made some mm-hmm. kind of offhanded, careless quip tweet about like something like if an actor what happens if an actor kills a president when's or the la- like. When's
1: the last time an actor killed? Yeah, a president? yeah,
0: yeah. One of those things, and um, you know, it was whatever. I just wanted to, of course, like bring it to full completion with you know for our hardcore off the record listeners and let them know that if we do not resist against this it will become what V for Vendetta. Yeah. And So everyone out there take a drink with the rest of us. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. I actually
1: thought about the comedy the yeah. show that's in V for Vendetta mm.
0: It's all there. It gets censored. It what? is the greatest <laughs> See, greatest movie of I will time. say this though.
2: It's interesting because we, we didn't get to talk about this also happened during the break but you know what I'm going I to I know where you're
0: going Bill Maher Hey we gonna go to Bill Maher We gotta go to Bill Maher
2: <laughs> Because Speaking right?
0: of other people Who aren't funny to me
2: Yeah no Like he's I I, I never I, I thought he made great points sometimes
0: He can make a great he can, point He can yeah. make a good point yeah, sometimes
2: yeah. um, But I was all for People going in on him <laughs> I was all for that And and, and I'm, I agree with you I, As a comedian Because I, I got into a very long Facebook back and forth okay. With comedians Just like And it was a, it was a, it was a uh, a Jewish dude and he was just like, you know, how he's he's not racist, that I was like, and 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 dude he's racist. I'm not gonna sit up here and decide whether or not this man is racist. Here's what I will say, this is the reason why people are going hard on him, is because he Thought that he he got way too comfortable just because yeah, you date black women just because you 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 you, you know, don't smash a, a few black yeah you smash a few you don't got you know black black friends you 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 reason why people upset because you should know and not to do that and here's my
0: thing <laughs> on a on a, this is this is kind of a tangential point like I don't you know similar to people's salvation I don't run out here claiming I know someone's not racist or not I don't like I don't I don't know. I yeah. don't know like right. like I believe and here's the I think and Jay Smooth make this point very eloquently often that like we get so we get too wrapped up into the idea of whether or not someone is a racist as to whether or not we judge an action being racist right. or not. And so like you can have you can actually do something that is racist and not be like that's the core of me. Like I, my identity is defined by me believing in the subjugation of another people or discriminating against another person based off of their color, whatever you have or, or bigotry or whatever you, but you can do something that in its one, in its isolated action, Mm -hmm performs the activity of racism right and like you can just judge judge someone along that line to say like hey not even judging someone but judge that action to say hey that was something racist that you did yeah. outside of saying like you're actually a racist person who right. goes about doing this in your day-to-day life and so i got so you know there were so many people who caped up for bill maher and i was just like bro i don't know if he raised i know he says a lot of terrible shit, uh, very often to me yeah. that I that I view like I mean he's hawkish when it comes to Muslims, like yes. wholeheartedly, and so a lot of the Muslim community looked at Black people on some like so y'all just now realizing yeah, he welcome. was on this like <laughs> yeah he's been this way you know forever in a day, and too often there's just like this soft bigotry or or this idea that you know liberalism cannot produce the same levels of of discrimination and whatever, or if you want to move it from liberalism, that atheism cannot do this as well too, because he's a very vocal atheist right. in that regard too. And so nonetheless though, yeah, I you know, I, I did think there was a profound uh beautiful irony in that a pioneering member of niggas with attitude ice cube was the one <laughs> yeah. who was on his panel actually telling him he could not use that word yeah that was pretty fascinating to oh, me quite fascinating. um in addition to of course dr michael eric dyson and yeah. i forget the other woman who was there as well too but yeah to your point um bill maher um i bu- I, I think what you said dan is very true like these people you can absolutely say whatever it is you know i i believe in your ability and your right to say these things mm-hmm. um however uh that does not of course isolate you from the repercussions of saying any of those yeah, things and sure. so and so also, no no one's stopping you from saying it right. it's just you have to understand that like if you're beholden like can i, can I think we we'll work for cnn and maybe like uh, you think they're just gonna stand there and just be like yeah yeah, okay, yeah we stand cool. behind that what cool. like
2: Come on. No. And that's the thing too, comedically. Both of them, it's just like as a comic, I real you can recognize when people just use like Bill Ma- like he should like you don't. That's not your joke. Yeah, and that's I, just not your joke. I think too. Part it of. it would have been a great like if I would have done it. Mm-hmm. Great joke,
0: right? Right, Because right, right. right? right, right. it's an
2: experience. You can't like it, that joke was not for you.
0: I also hated how that Republican senator kind of got religion after the fact, fact. and he mm-hmm. and he kind of came on like kind of tweeted out later like. You know when it was said, I kind of like you know I sighed. I didn't know over- really. You didn't. You laughed. Like you did. You, you laughed, and then you kind of just <laughs> like, and you kind of talk about like what I should have. Whatever. It just was like yo, know, this super hollow yeah. at that point. But anyway, Dan, you I, were saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just think that as, again, as we talk about art and like we want Fourth District to be a home for that, I think we as artists. Uh, and comedians and, you know, various forms of like putting things out into the world, the universe and, and like Mm -hmm. letting people judge those things that takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think we get caught up in this like news cycle and things being old after three hours, like even like the mentality of podcasting, like Mm -hmm. this podcast will be old news 48 hours after we... We won't tweet it out 48 (laughs) hours after we release it Mm -hmm. because other things will have happened and we'll have all moved on in our thought process. And I think that people, artists, feel a need to respond and to interject and push into the world and society and make statements. And I think a lot of times to make real art, true art, it takes longer than that to formulate what you're actually trying to say Mm -hmm. so that it is meaningful. It does touch all people. And I think that's why comedy... Dave, to your point, kind of going full circle is so good because you work tirelessly and hours on mics to figure out what actually resonates with people and what doesn't, <clears throat> leaving what doesn't, what doesn't work, and moving on to what does. Um, and I think, you know, comedy obviously uh, lends well, it's, itself to that kind of art form. but
2: Especially, now, like, I, I had a realization the other day is uh, a comedy show is one of the few places where when I'm on stage, I don't know anybody's political affiliations. I don't know how they feel about anything, but I know that it's different. Mm-hmm. I know that it's different. So my job is to communicate my point in, in, depending on how I feel about it in a way that's like, at least I at least have to get you to listen, whether you agree with me or not, I have to figure out a way to get you to listen. So there's a certain level of like, uh, I guess sensitivity to what the room has. And then after that, I can either say here, I'm going to level right. or I'm going to go left or whatever, but it's one of the few spaces especially now where people, things are so polarized where everybody's in the room who does not think the same you know what I mean mm-hmm. the, the the ideas that go on the, the certain philosophies are so much different so it's like we we do have a responsibility I think as comedians to not necessarily speak to what's going on around you can do, I don't care what your jokes are but just understand in that room you have an opportunity unlike anything else mm-hmm. so the comedians that take the time to actually craft something that, that gives people the ability like that speaks to uh, everybody, yeah, but not necessarily appeasing everybody, but at least gets the conversation going, and then allows yourself to like pr- provide a point of perspective. I think, uh, I think more. I wish, I hope that more comedians, or yeah, more comedians, take that opportunity to be like, you know what, we're gonna uh, rise to the occasion because the world outside of this is crazy right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know,
0: I will say, you know, and is kind of a ending point on my end is just that, like uh, Bill Burr always makes the point that, like he he feels free beca- uh, to speak as he wants to speak because he does not have anything that they can take from him. Mm. So he, you know, he doesn't have a running show like on a network that is like, we can pull this right. and take this money away from you. Like, he's just like, what are you going to relegate me back to stand up? The same thing that I've been doing for right. the last, you know, whatever X amount of years, but even the show what is it was for, for, for family. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's up front. Like he gets the money up front, does the Netflix show and you know, it is what it is. So I do think it's when you've had comedians who kind of had to re, kind of work backward. you know, Tracy Morgan, mm-hmm. when he had, he had a skit about if his son, if was, his gay son was gay yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, um, in a comedy <clears throat> sketch and, um, and it ended up blowing up and going down the line, but he was currently on 30 rock. And so it was, you know, it's, it's just interesting when like how you can be beholden in certain ways based around what you have offered in this kind of leads into kind of one of the last things we wanted to talk about, which is um, uh, most recently, uh, really as recent as today, uh, the network MTV uh, MTV News provided like a huge, they kind of shifted gears and just a lot of layoffs have occurred uh, for um, MTV News now just to kind of give some backstory, of course, according to uh, kind of pulling this information a little bit from Billboard. But uh, there was a um, they hired um, kind of to form a new direction back in 2015 uh, for its news department, they hired Dan Fearman, who was the former editorial director of Grantland. And um, he kind of brought in uh, to be the editorial director of MTV news. And kind of with that, he really reform like reshaped what we saw come out of MTV news. He put together what really was like an all-star cast of just writers and essayists and columnists, um, you know, People like Jessica Hopper, who was the former uh, Pitchfork Review editor, um, Grant Land's Molly Lambert, um, New Republic's Jamil Smith and uh, Anna Marie Cox from um, Wonkit. I mean, spin editors. Like I said, I have a I have a homie by the name of um, Hanif Mohammed, who's an amazing um, artist, poet and and writer and just a bunch of other people who had come on and they really had kind of just created some kind of trail ba- trailblazing long form stories that dealt with you know everything from kind of police brutality to uh oh m- my bad also this this f- this group of kind of writers uh kind of reflected just a very different diverse workforce it was a majority of women and minorities and just a lot of really well regarded um authors and writers and so nonetheless All these people were kind of laid off uh, almost simultaneously today. And um, it's just kind of interesting because in the statement that an MTV spokesperson gave, they said with MTV News, we're doubling down on where we've seen our biggest successes in youth culture, music and entertainment. Um, While we're proud of the long form editorial work from the past two years, we're returning to the editorial operation to we're returning the editorial operation to its roots of amplifying the audience's voices and shifting resources into short form video content, more in line with young people's media consumption habits. And, uh, you know, there was even kind of some short form language that came out to just say, like, hey, like kids don't read like that's just Mm. not what they do. You know, and um, one kind of backing our way into this, because we've seen other trends most recently, I think maybe about a month and a half ago, two months ago, um, ESPN laid off a whole bunch of uh, their staff and kind of restructured a lot of people. Um, And so that was highly publicized. We even had some tech companies do this as well. But I just kind of want to talk about it. One, like, have y'all ever been laid off on a job? I know I have. Have y'all ever been laid off on a job?
1: I've only ever fired myself from jobs. There so. it is.
0: Okay, the only fired. The- likewise, likewise. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's interesting because I think like, and laid off is a very. I'm I'm using this term very liberally because I was not in any real position to be laid off. Like I was, I basically, you know, I worked retail. It was not like a. You know, I was like in high school, like it was not some, I wasn't like a fully formed adult, like working at a company. You were like,
1: like, how am I going to pay rent? No, no, no,
0: no, no. Yeah, no. I was just like, okay, I guess I don't go to the mall anymore (laughs) and and do that. anymore. Can we guess
1: what store it was? Don't tell uh, us. Don't tell us.
0: Absolutely. You're not going to guess it, but I'd love to see this (gasps) at the mall as they think, as they ponder a white man and a black man I really man want it to be hot topic
2: just
1: out. like just a, like a hot topic like dark story of your past
2: Oh okay. um, feel like you were like like Hallmark in the mall. more gifts yeah Yo, I I
0: feel offended by your views of me. Like you got me, you had me working at like, you said, you like Joanne's <laughs> Fabrics or something. No,
2: no, no, just homework. like selling trinkets you and getting You said we wouldn't get birthday if,
1: cards. If you if you had said if you had just been like, oh, just guess.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I would have. I, I
1: probably would have gone like Foot Locker or.
0: Yeah, there you go. Was it Foot Locker? It was Finish Line, finish but okay. essentially the same thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean. I'll still, a, you know, just do nigga trying to play basketball. You know what I'm I saying? I just want to shoot discounts and stuff. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so, but, uh, but yeah, man, they really <laughs> just hired like a bunch of people so that we could like, like basically restock a store and they just fired us like, after like laid us off, like yeah. after like whatever. So nonetheless, I don't have a real story, but of course, in terms of talking with people who've been laid off and in more with more dire consequences in that regard like there's all these feelings of inadequacy that fall in line because you think like man like why wasn't I acceptable you know what I mean and this was also a big thing in like 2007 like around the time of like the financial you yeah. know recession like those crisis <clears throat> because there was like a bunch of people who you know felt that way like they were inadequate and then there was like weird like survivor's guilt for people who like were able to keep their jobs mm-hmm. they were sitting here like they felt guilty about the fact that they kept their job. Of course, like, um, if y'all have ever seen up in the air, like it really Mm -hmm. deals with that pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, deftly in that regard. But, um, but you know, you said something then that I think is interesting. Like you just like, you know, um, you said that you've only fired yourself from jobs essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, so have you always been in a position where you were your own boss?
1: No, I mean, I definitely, so I've paid my way through college. So, like, I waited tables and worked at a rock climbing gym. Hmm. So, that, I did those, but those were, like, kind of seasons of time that, like, I kind of came to the end. I was like, okay, I waited tables at and Macaroni and Grill for three years through high school. It was like, okay, I'm going to college now. And I got to college, and I was like, what do I have? I need to make money. Oh, there's this cool rock climbing gym. That seems fun. Worked at the yeah. rock climbing gym for the duration of my stay at UGA and then mm-hmm. once I graduated from there it was like then I started working for myself at that point in time and gotcha. have worked for myself ever since
0: Got gotcha. you. And uh uh David have you have you been just kind of full-time comedy in that way?
2: Um I mean when I was in high school so like yeah I I got a taste of like being my own boss early. So when I was in high school I would like I was an umpire you know what I mean? And, like, I was making really good money <laughs> for, like, high school. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was taking – and so it was just like, yeah, I picked my own – you know what I mean? I picked my own thing. So, like, after that, I was like, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I can't be reporting to people regularly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know that was the goal. So, yeah. like, even in college, I would have, like, like, these subcontractor jobs and stuff like that where I would come in for a little bit of time, make a good amount of money, <laughs> and then kind of just be like, all right, this is what I got for this time being. And then, you know – I like guess I always tell people in comedy I've just been fortunate enough to like I make I make I make money in comedy, but I don't make like buy my own house money.
0: I feel you, you know what I mean. Yeah. And then I'm
2: also very fortunate to still kind of like be around the house. Yeah, yeah. Like be at home, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll be the first to admit that. I'll, some people try to hide that. I be like, hey, this does not work.
0: <laughs> you right, right, right. This does
2: not work if I don't have parents. I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what you're doing. Right, right. Um, so you ain't
0: just flying out to Portland and yeah. then coming back to you, you know. Your loft in the city. Yeah, no, that's not happening.
2: You <laughs> not know what me? Me. One day, one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, but I, but I will say that uh, um, <laughs> this this was the first. Thing I'm like, I I love that. I can't. I, I'm my boss, right? So everything's on me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I get out of this what I put in. That's what I was yeah. gonna
0: say. Like, do you feel that pressure? Like of just like, yo, like I gotta hit these open mic. I gotta get.
2: Yeah, I mean, know. cause cause this is especially in comedy. Like, there's no there's no retirement plan. There's no you know what I mean. There's no there's like the There's there's no There's really no safety net Yeah So like I'm very Like I'm it's a calculation decision To like if I'm gonna do this Yeah you move back home Because You mm. not, In order to get really good At what I need to do I'm gonna yeah. have to have That sacrifice You know mm-hmm. what I mean Like where I put in certain so now Now kudos to the people That do it all Like Ch- Damon Damon is Three yeah. kids Teaches like that. That doesn't make sense. Okay, right. It doesn't. You talking yeah. to Comedian Atlanta? It doesn't make sense. Um,
0: so basically, what you're saying though, he's three kids, wife, wife, uh, 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 teaches. Teaching. You know, like he's a he's a he's he, he is, is Superman. in school. He is, in he is school. But then he is also hitting these. Hitting these Mike, mics, but but also booking and, these shows, booking,
2: booking like we're, we're, outside
0: of Atlanta, dude, like travel. The
2: tour me and, and and the little run me Nathan and and Damon are doing in 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 uh, July coming mm-hmm. up next week. Yeah, that's Damon. Like, that's Damon. Well, anytime we do anything, and they talk, they're like, "Which one y'all talk to?" And we're like, "Oh, talk to the adult of the, the group, right?" Because it's Damon. You <laughs> what, know what I mean? What I will say is because
0: I want you to continue with that, but what I find most interesting is like uh, when you have. And this kind of dovetails in kind of what's going on with your life as well, Dan, is that like when you have like, like a wife or like family or something like, like it also like laser focuses you oh, yeah. to like, oh, I'm not about to bullshit any yeah, longer about this. So like, <laughs> you see well, we ain't making money. Okay, I'm gonna go home. Yeah. Like call me when you're making money on this. Right. And then I'm coming or like book me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I found it interesting because like, and full disclosure like um you know my partner in the remnant like when he got married and like he recently had a child um like day after father's day so shouts out to my homie Niles, and uh and he had a kid, but like all the once i knew once i knew he got married and then once i knew that he had a baby on the way i'm not like the calls that are just like hey can the remnant come out and like perform it like nah yeah like i'm not you know we're not entertained. And I'm not doing that for his sake because I'm just like I know there's like some like I can still afford to like play around a little bit if I wanted to not really but right. if I wanted to I could but like when you have these things that are answering for you I'm like nah I'm not about to drag my man yeah. out here and y'all not we ain't really making no money yeah, off this nothing's for fun nothing yeah like nah so it's yeah. a very I can I can kind of understand like people would look at Damon and be like oh that's a Superman thing but it's also like yo, I just cut out all the frivolous. Like, it's just, I'm gonna do... Yeah,
2: like, there there are times, most comedians, they hang out a little bit after shows, right? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Damon... Everybody knows, like when James here, he goes first if you can. <laughs> he'll he'll hang out if you, you know, but it's like, yeah. all right, I got important. Yeah, this is not as important as other things <laughs> going on in my life. Whereas That's me, like I might hang out a little bit more, but absolutely. But even but honestly, though, even in, in this business, it's like uh, it it's helpful. Sure, yeah, because yeah. hanging out is how I got a lot of you things forged bonds yeah, and all of that. You, you know, know I feel you. Um, but yeah, yeah, Dame, Damon Superman—he's the adult <laughs> of the group. Yeah, and uh, but but I will, but it, it, there is there is a you just a level where like there's a different focus. So I don't have kids and stuff like that. But you're not gonna see me hanging out with comedians at an open mic just because. Like if I'm going to a mic, I'm working on something. And then once I got that work in, unless there's somebody that I need to be talking to, whatever, right. I I don't I don't I don't do that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's helped me.
0: Yeah.
1: So I, w- on one hand. Like I feel for all these people that just that that got laid off Um, because I I think that I've been part of the reason that I started my own business is that I understand in the media creation world, like it is like if you are in house somewhere and not a freelancer, the tides change so quickly now that it's like CNN's like, oh, everyone has a phone and they're posting these pictures with hashtags. We don't need photographers anymore. Mm-hmm. Deuces. Right. Like writers, it's like, oh, like uh, Huffington Post, like we don't need to pay writers anymore. Right. Everyone will write for us for free just or for we can credits. Just, we can
0: just aggregate their content from other sites uh, and like give them credit. We'll uh, do that. Yeah, great. absolutely. Great. Mm. And
1: so I think the, the internet's changed media so much that it's a hard time to be in that world if you're not a, like if you're not a freelancer and that's not your wiring. Now what I'll say is like the greatest job in the world. And I like, I I was on salary for five years and then I fired myself from my own company and left and kind of got back into the like starting, starting over kind of eating what I'm taking home basically. And, it was the greatest feeling in the world. I was like, "Oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. I love like working so hard, but seeing like the benefit of that." Yeah, and I missed that when I was on salary, where I'd work hard and I was like, "Oh, everything just stayed the same." Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I slacked off and everything stayed same the same. same. Yeah. Like that for me, like my back <clears throat> against the wall with a family, like it's a little bit of a high, like mm-hmm. where it's like. I could probably not exist in in another environment mm-hmm. that doesn't put me face to face with like you got to pull this off today.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. What are
1: you gonna do? But yeah, I, you know, as far as like the the writers being let go, I think we're gonna see it more and more. Um, unfortunately, with Snapchat, Instagram, like, and and I'm gonna see it more and more. There's a lot of clients that I've had vine being one of them where i was creating content for vine for like the company vine we were putting out short films and they're like oh actually this isn't working anymore twitter kills vine yeah and and the turnover and the churn is so fast now and people who are willing to do it are so cheap like the kid out of college is like oh i can work with twitter and making this very simple video for nothing Mm -hmm. okay cool well we're charging twitter like ten grand Twitter's like sweet we don't care about the quality anymore like kids look at their phones shoot all their stuff on their phones with a shaky camera no one cares about quality anymore Mm. Yeah, which is I think where you get yeah where you get the like long form writing that you know I think is still incredibly important to our culture but is losing importance
0: yeah I mean I think that it's uh you know to that end you know to bring it closer to home like we've had a, tons of internal conversations at fourth mm-hmm. district about the direction and ways mm-hmm. in which we need to go and things like that. And, you know, um, when I came on kind of the, one of the, kind of that first year and that initial push, the idea was like, Hey, like we want to bolster kind of our editorial side of things. You want to deal with mm-hmm. the writing piece of it. So we were kind of constantly really trying to keep a, a, uh, a, a, full of like writers in place that we could kind of rely on um kind of consistent content in the written form that whether that be album reviews whether that be thoughts around you know current events or whatever that case may whatever the case may be that was a big push of ours and we just we kind of found that you know the turnover was very tough and then we would also see these spikes in kind of rev- what we would see with regard to whenever we would get out visual content, you know, it would be like really well received mm-hmm. or what we were able to do with, um, you know, once we made the investment into, uh, kind of like setting up the studio, uh, we just saw the dividends and the quick return and turnover when it came to podcasts that we kind of leaned into that. And essentially where we're, you know, cause I think kind of one of our early talks about, just fourth in general, Dan was just around, like we wanted, we modeled ourselves a little bit after Grantland mm-hmm. in ways. And Absolutely. so, so when we saw that, you know, Grantland folded and was kind of absorbed back into ESPN and, you know, what happened, just amazing writers on Grantland, Wesley Moores, Rembert Brown, just amazing <coughs> people. And it's just one of those things. Now I agree though, because I agree with the idea though, that like, I do feel like there is, this dearth of like writing all centralized in a place that like you can go to to hear and read like amazing works like i said my man hanif uh muhammad he wrote a piece about um you know when chris cornell of uh smashing pumpkins mm-hmm. slash audio slave when he passed he wrote an amazing like you know elegy eulogy in a way uh, towards him on MTV News and I was just like man this is beautiful this is all my thoughts about him one of the most amazing voices I feel of our generation he's passed it was great to see that now to know that like you know where do you go for that or what, what's happening in that way and so you know I don't know you were saying that when you were overseas you felt as though there was a large literate public that you maybe don't see replicated in the in the states
1: yeah I you know what's amazing is is like money creates more problems right Mm -hmm. and access to television everyone having iPhones like it it creates this addiction and this like this go-to kind of way of communicating but in the rest of the world where flip phones are still normal and like and your ability to get content is I mean newspapers are everywhere like televisions are small like uh, and there's literally everyone is taking public transportation and so everyone is like reading books um, or reading news on their iPhone um, and they have to spend hours going different directions and so people must entertain themselves and I think again we we have so little time in America that we just sit hmm. and we and like we we actually pause to like like allow our brains to process things and think. And you know, what's interesting is I still think it's possible, right? Like I still think we see these flashes that prove that people want interesting thought provoking works like between the world and me. Mm-hmm. Like when Ta-Nehisi Coates, like first wrote a case for rep- was case for reparations was like a year right before between the world and me. And so he writes a case for reparations, which, where did he, you, I'm sorry, I don't know where he published the the, what the Atlantic, it. The Atlantic, which
0: still focuses on long, long form. form. That's what they do.
1: And so I, th- you have these moments that like these sh- long form pieces catapult a writer into, you know, prominent um, public display, and then they r- write a best selling book mm-hmm. coming off the heels of that. I think that there is still proof that it can work. I'm just not sure what the secret sauce is that like, yeah, m- makes it work.
0: Yeah, what's in, yeah? I think Ta Nehisi is an interesting case because you had he wrote "My President Is Black" was like one of his first like long form pieces that really kind of like galvanized people. It was like, oh, the, you know, for the Atlantic, mm-hmm. then the case for reparations, which I feel like blew up, you mm-hmm. know, everywhere. Then he kind of had that piece about. was about redlining and like Mm -hmm. you know chicago and like dealt with the moynihan report and things like that and then you know i mean of course then you had between the world and me but then he also wrote uh my president was black you know he wrote a follow-up in which he actually engaged uh, president obama about a lot of things but and then of course you know you see whether him writing you know black panther comics or whatever like you just saw all these things but i I agree. It's a it's a very it is a very interesting like I don't know what the special sauce is, but I do think there are pieces that are just like that do galvanize. The, you see it in sports a lot of times. Right. Like, you know, you see, you know, I I hate to pivot towards the, the Players Tribune because it's not like particularly extremely well written pieces there. But like but you'll see <clears throat> a piece where you're just like, oh, everyone Will, everyone in that world will read mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. long. There was a piece about, like... Oh, man. I i can't believe I'm drawing a blank. But there's a piece that was about how Boston ended up with all of New Jersey's picks. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And how it essentially, like, has, like, you know, them trading Pierce and Garnett kind of, like, gave the Celtics, like, this window for the next five to ten yeah. years to build it. And, like, New Jersey is just... You know, relegated to this terrible form, like, and it like really broke down what was in that. And I just reading, I remember reading it, thinking like, <clears throat> why don't we have more pieces like this? Like, this yeah. is like I, this is so all the stuff I want to know about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I would prefer to know it this way as opposed to an interview with someone or whatever. Like, I actually like looking at words and the combination of them. So yeah.
1: So th- this is so interesting, and, I- and I'll try to keep it brief because mm-hmm. I know we're kind of hitting the end here. But like, so part of us traveling right is like part the reason we're traveling is I'm about to become a father and in becoming a father has been the weirdest transition of my life because in no other point in my life have I been forced to one kind of look at my own life and be as critical as I possibly can be because my son's about to come into that life Mm -hmm. and I want the best for him more so than I've ever wanted anything in in the world and it's it's crazy how it instantly changes (laughs) you how instantly you'll become So critical of yourself because you don't want to pass on anything that you just have come to accept as normal, which in fact is not normal. And part of that is technology from for me and my wife is like we've come to accept iPhones and and screens and all these other things as normal. And as we were gone and, and talking about what life will look like with with our son uh we were like we don't want that for him to we we see other people and we love other people and we understand how screens make having kids easier and and entertaining them make it makes it easier but for us at least we would like to try um to fight and 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 turn and and like make reading a part of our lives on an everyday basis as right. jace grows up and and sees those things Whoop, there's a name you can take notes if you missed it mm-hmm. um but yeah for me it as as we push into this new phase one of the things one of the conclusions i came to is just like man We need quiet, more so like reading. I think reading is so important, but just in general, to hear yourself think is something that I don't think we are comfortable with anymore. We need people to tell us what to think. We need people to feed thoughts into us. And when you're reading, there's no voice. So it's like you you read someone's thoughts and and, and then you have to process them. You have to digest them. That's what I was
2: going to say. Reading causes you to process things thoroughly. Mm Mm-hmm. Unlike anything, everything else you just kind of like. I kind of got that. I kind of when you read something, you have to, in order, like I mean, anybody. Like if I if I read something like oh, I missed that, I go back and reread it, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I I need to process it thoroughly. Everything that we consume now, we're not necessarily processing it thoroughly, so there's a lot of room for like things to not mm-hmm. hit the way they should hit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Or, or, or really like feel what's going on. So yeah, I agree. with you. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think that there's there's so many angles to that, and we could pull it to this other place of like just generally speaking, we have um. I mean, I think that when we (laughs) part of the thing about Twitter that, I, you know, it's like so interesting and I find myself relieved times when I'm separated from it is like you'll read Twitter oftentimes and you'll you'll just take on the perspective that's given to you by people who are eloquent and, you know, loquacious. They speak well, you know, on Twitter and like you think like oh yeah that's how I feel about this situation and then you're like do I really feel that way about that situation mm. like if I step mm-hmm. aside if I step back from it like no I, I I might disagree or I might you know I might agree but not to the same degree that you you know are and so I do think that like providing that time that sep- that separation to get alone with our thoughts to really think through things on our own I do think that is something that the written word and just as a writer myself as someone who kind of privileges the written word and in the spoken word in that way like I just view I view it as a necessary thing and so like I said when I saw the layoffs it just made me think about just in general just you know where we are as a society and then you know just uh you know just made me think about where we're where we're heading and I think even you said in pre-production that like you think there that there is a there is an appetite for it we just and we think that sometimes some of these companies are making decisions by looking at what they see in front of them as opposed to where they see trends going. And so that very well may be true, but man, that's it for this right here, man. We should probably end with some scratches of the week, right? Let's do so. it. Yeah, let's do it. We'll finish this out real quick. Uh, David Perdue, you, 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 you chimed up early, man. I'm you, ready. You ready for this one right <laughs> so here. So
2: ready. <laughs> uh, my, my, uh, scratch of the week. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was the opening song. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah big boy
0: big boy big
2: boy's album boomerverse uh, boomerverse listen um, I kinda went on a mini a mini um like not necessarily a review, but just reasons why i appreciate big boy is because he's so authentically southern, but never switched up like everybody else, like the game went one way, he was he for the person who kind of gave a voice to half. Part of the people Who gave a voice To the southern culture And southern hip hop Yeah He never wavered from that Yeah You know what I mean Like how What it what, Like The style never switched up Like that He's right, right, Like right. here I am I am what I am yeah. And this album He's so like He feels like Yeah I don't know I don't care what's going on Around me this is what I do. That's what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, man, I mean, I, I, I remember I bought the first solo project, and I was like, "This is all right." Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. This one is like, this is this is very good. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, very good album, yeah, yeah. top to bottom. I love how he was like, "I'm giving you." I'm not trying to seventeen tracks. I'm giving you twelve, and I'm out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to oversaturate. I'm giving the twelve, and they're all really well done. I think killer Mike's on like three of them. Yeah. Kills every verse. Uh, yeah. Sonically, everything about it, I'm like, yeah. I think organized noise Obviously had a Huge influence on it And uh, um, Yeah Top to bottom man That big I've been bumping that Since uh, Shoot I think I bought it (laughs) 1201 As soon as it Released on iTunes I I purchased it Yeah you were
0: hype It was just like I remember you Yeah Yeah,
2: I I was very hype And it it did not disappoint (laughs) It did not disappoint That's what's up Yeah that's my scratch of the week that's what's
0: up, Scratch of the Week, big boy, Boomerverse. Boomerverse. You got yours, uh, Dan?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give my shout out, my Scratch of the Week, uh, since we're talking about books. The book that I'm currently digging through for a second time is called The Glory and the Dream. Uh, is 1,400 pages of history. Uh, basically, it starts in 1932. Each chapter is one year in history. Um, and so it basically walks you from 1932 up until I think 63, um, and, uh, or 72, sorry. It walks you all the way up to 72. Uh, and it is incredible. It is, it's written so well. And I found it actually at Shakespeare and company in Paris, uh, and which is, uh, a famous bookstore, uh, that hosted the likes of Ezra Pound, Gertrude Stein, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald or Ernest Hemingway. So, so um, super. So yeah. So uh, yeah. Incredibly good. It's challenging. It's crazy to see how history does repeat itself. Uh, right now, I'm I'm in the first chapter, 1932. Hoover Hoovervilles <laughs> are all over the place. Um, the press is shut out of the White House. Ooh, everyone, uh, <laughs> Everyone is uh, just running, not knowing w- what's happening, um, and the re- and um europe basically says we're not going to deal with you america anymore
0: wow message message (laughs) man that's a good one right there uh so man my scratch of the week um goes out to uh it's interesting this is a morehouse fellow morehouse brother i've known him for uh i knew him when i was in school but uh he was a year ahead of me and um you ever you ever be one of those dudes who just like excels at everything that they do and you're just kind of like i just want one of your careers <laughs> like just one of the things that you do amazing um so this is dude, uh homie wale uh he um uh his name's wale uh oh jd and he um I, like i said i met him in college uh and he was just like really dope dude producer really dope producer he ended up Winning this crazy like production contest, I can't remember if it was with Ruckus or with whom, but uh, or Def Jux maybe. I don't, I can't remember the label he won it with, but he ended up putting out crazy. You know, he ended up putting out a lot of mixes, like albums or whatever, original production. And he redid like a Falakuti album, uh, like because he's a gener second generation Nigerian here in American, and um. So he was like the first person that I knew who like when I would go to Best Buy, I'm like, Oh, I see his album, like mm. right there, like with shelf place. And I was like, Oh crazy. So anyway, he does that. And then just like, okay, I'm gonna stop that. Gonna stop producing. I'm gonna go ahead and just, uh, I think I'm gonna be a lawyer. So he uh, <laughs> goes to law school and, uh, just starts now being an amazing lawyer based in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, working contracts, all these deals. And I'm just like, I, I would run into him just very briefly. Cause we had mutual friends here in, here in Atlanta. I'd be like, Oh, what y'all be like, oh, I'm practicing law. I'd be like, Oh, okay, bro. You just had an amazing, you know, production hip hop career, but okay. Now you're in your mid twenties, mid to late twenties. And now you're, you know, a lawyer doing your thing. I was like, Cool. So then I checked in with, I found him on Twitter and Instagram. We connected that way. And then I was just like, okay, so he not really being a lawyer anymore. Now he's, now he's a fashion designer and uh, an amazing fashion designer. And I would see his work. So he would blend like old world sensibilities of like, of, of Nigeria and Pan-Africanism, but also combine it with like Renaissance imagery and things like that. And I would just be like, Yo, this stuff is amazing and it'd be like tailor made suits and scarves and just crazy stuff and I would just be like bruh like this is crazy and it was so like it was expensive but it was also like I want to pay this because it's worth like this Mm -hmm. like whatever you know you also want to support your people but I was also like it's worth it and so uh, before my birthday in May I was like yo you know what I mean I'm going to treat myself I'm going to buy you know I'm going to support a homie but I'm also going to buy like a work of his and he ended up giving me this super dope like new release of some like a fall line thing that's not out yet like he was like oh you know cuz i wanted something that wasn't available and he was just like oh i'll give you this instead for the same price i was like yo that's what's up so it's really dope haven't rocked yet but all this is to say that i was watching uh <laughs> i was watching the the black panther trailer and i was like hey i recognize that scarf of course it's my homie akira like his piece is in the Chadwick Bow in wow. Black Panther. Uh, and I was just like, yo, is that you? And before I could even get to see that, I saw that he had already posted like, yeah, you know, um, you know, he, he even tweeted out this whole thing, like where a story about faith, perseverance and hard work. And he tweeted Marvel uh march 21st 2016 he was like seriously marvel are you guys going to let Ik-? his brain is called akiri jones are you gonna let akiri jones do the wardrobe for black panther or not? Nah? and then he like sent the screenshots of you see chadwick boseman addressing quote the united nations in the movie wearing his scarves since then uh barry jenkins of moonlight fame has reached out and just like yo we like i want you for you like it's, it's just snowballed and so akiri jones is the brand um dot com. um like i said his name is wale uh and he's just he's one of those dudes who's just like he can't not win you know what i'm saying like he's just he's gonna succeed and so um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm low key. Like, man, I don't want to give up my connect and like tell everybody about him, but oh, already he's already out here <laughs> Twitter, during this conversation. Yeah. No, he's the, he is the dude, man. He is the only, and when you, like I said, his works are just so crazy. Like, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's nuts. So really proud of him. Like I said, shout out to a Morehouse man. I think class of 02. And, um, and he's just, he's, he's really dope and making, making dope art fashion wise and then also just impacting the culture because all of his pieces tell stories so that's what i got right there that's my scratch of the week this was is. off uh off the record i was about to say this is fourth and ten that's that's
2: hey man <laughs> you can say we're heavily influencing in the game around here everybody want to get in
0: <laughs> oh man nonetheless though um man on behalf of uh on behalf of the crew we just really happy y'all rocking with us tune in with us um we're gonna keep things. Uh, you're gonna hear from us sooner than you heard from us last time. I'll just leave it open like that. Sooner <laughs> than you heard us last time. Man. We got some. We got some. We got some travel dates we need to figure out and work around. But but you it's know, summer. It yeah, it's is. Little, it is yeah. summer. Come on now.
2: I like everybody saying it's like fourth and ten is not gonna be consistent. <laughs> Look, man. Y'all don't want to be great. It's okay, though. I don't know why. (laughs) What y'all got going on in the summer? You
1: say y'all like I haven't been a part of more episodes of 4th and Ten than anyone else oh, no, that's no, actually no. on mics. This is true.
2: Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm, just just I'm saying this, this out. podcast as a group, we're all a part of this. Right, hey, right. This right, is, right. This does not want to be as great.
0: Here's what I know is that the people still want this though.
2: Oh, but I will say this. I will say this. I've been getting, I was getting, when we went on our hiatus, I was yeah. getting a bunch of segments like, oh, y'all off the record now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> y'all just gonna not show up? Yeah. That's what's yeah, up.
1: We coming. We coming. All right. I'm we coming. coming. Anyway,
0: we appreciate y'all. Uh, hit us. So with any questions, concerns, or complaints, we'll be sure to ignore you. Write and review. Oh, yeah, yeah, do All that. Right. Please review. do, that. do yeah. that. I hear him talking hella reckless. I don't
2: even stress. Just kill him softly with my press. Don't even stress. It's saying only at the top of-